Hey, thanks for tuning in. This is the show before the show. I am Paige Wesley, and I am alone. But that's okay, because it's only for this week. Mondo and Andrea are getting some rest and relaxation. Everyone deserves time off every once in a while, and we are happy that they can experience that, and that's great. They'll be back next week with a normal episode, but we didn't want to leave you guys hanging. So this week, I've got Mikey and Todd from The Horror Virgin, and we're actually going to talk about a cult movie. Now, it's not just a movie. There's a ton of cult info in this episode about a cult that we haven't done yet. So if you're curious, definitely worth checking it out and definitely worth checking out The Horror Virgin if you're into horror movies. They're doing great work over there. You can follow them at Horror Virgin. As always, you can follow us at Cult Podcast. And I think for that, I'll just say enjoy the show. Hello, hello, hello. Stay safe. Wear your masks. Don't be a douche. For the purposes of this podcast, we define a cult as organizations that rally behind an entity or leader who espouse beliefs outside the norm, organizations that require physical or monetary sacrifice as a condition of membership, organizations in which the doctrines followed by the leaders are different than that of the followers, organizations in which isolation is encouraged either by commune living or by a policy of disconnection from outside relationships, and organizations that actively recruit new members. All cults might have some or all of these traits, and as always... These are our opinions. Thank you for tuning into Cult Podcast. I'm Paige Wesley. I'm Michael Randolph. And with us we have... Todd Schlosser! Yay! I know that you guys are probably like, who the hell are these people? Uh, and allow me to explain. <laughs> I promise they're great. Uh, so, as we've talked about on our show a little bit, especially recently... Uh, researching cults can be kind of a downer yeah. and it can it can weigh on us emotionally a little bit and from time to time we need some time off and so right now after having to talk about the horrific events of the Oklahoma City bombing Armando is taking a little bit of time off and so to help me out for the show this week we have Todd and Mikey from Horror Virgin how are you guys doing oh thanks Paige uh, we're doing good yeah we're doing great yeah, thanks for having us on now, Mikey, this is my second time on the podcast. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. This is my first time. This is I've been. I'm, yeah, I mean, I've been invited on before. Uh, you know, when it wasn't like a fill-in week, they just wanted to have like a quality get. You know, you'll you'll get it, Mikey. You'll figure it out. I'm like a G level <laughs> podcast guest. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, Todd was local. Like. It was a whole different world. We weren't doing things remotely. Yeah. Uh, and I do I do want to mention Andrea is also taking a break with Armando. It wasn't just Armando and we forgot Andrea. They're together now because you guys review movies. I Review is kind of a weird cover. Movies In-depth on your discussion. podcast. I mean, we are technically in the film review category on Apple. Yeah, we do review them. That's a tough one. Uh, we're we're technically in that true crime category, so we never chart. And then yeah, I'm on yours another is much pod- tougher. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm on a I'm on another podcast that's in the comedy interview category, and we chart in oh, Europe all the time. You fucking crushing yeah. that category. <laughs> it's so great. Um, I love that you pay attention to charts too. I am a chart 
whore, man. I'm a numbers whore. It's the worst. I, I had to stop because we would just <laughs> never chart in true crime just because yeah. it's impossible. Everyone's in true crime. Yeah, dude. I mean, even Oprah put us in her magazine and we can't even chart. So, <laughs> like, what's the point? Todd will text me on Wednesday and be like, oh, we're 111 in film reviews this week. And I'm like, okay, oh, I, I got I have work to no, do. No, we're 111. <laughs> Mikey, do you even read my texts? We were no. 111 in film and TV. That's a huge category. We that were in. Oh, that's really big. I what know. That? You, this is why you should pay more attention to your own show, Mikey. I have ADHD. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> I uh we we popped onto the chart once at 184 nice. and I lost my mind. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was so excited. Uh so instead of covering a cult the way that we normally would today, we watched a movie about cults and we're going to talk about that movie. Yeah. Now, this movie is incredibly depressing and bad. It is. And so to cheer people up, I, I told you guys that I brought a special object to make us feel better, <laughs> and I want to hear your reactions to it on the show. A little background. Uh, so I was able to see my father for Father's Day. Oh, nice. And we stayed up until 2 in the morning watching comedy specials, at which point he talked me into buying this on the internet for $35. No purchase <laughs> made at 2 a.m. in the morning is a good purchase, page. And I'm so I excited about this. I forgot that we did it, and then it <laughs> arrived at my house two or three days later. Oh, God. And I was like, what? And then immediately texted him a photo of it. I did not realize that he was in a Zoom meeting for work. <laughs> uh, and so it, it has already brought us joy threefold awesome uh i think well it'll worth probably 34 help us out. i'm so excited this, about this This will also give you a little bit of an indication of what sort of man my father is so um here we are oh my god <laughs> oh my let me, let me let me describe it is that okay Paige? do you mind if i yes. take the honors okay no, so what you are showing us right now is i would say the business end of a squirrel yes it's it's half of a taxidermied squirrel yes with two what i'll say giant sized peanuts yes. that are literally a top hat and monocle away <laughs> from starring in their own commercial just tacked yes. to where the the squirrel's nuts would be, and it says, uh, yeah. <laughs> and it says, check out D's nuts, spelled just the yes. way you'd want it to be. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. It's it's hey, a real squirrel too. Paige, can you send me that link? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think my favorite part of it is that it came in a box that was like Big J's Wonder Emporium. And I was like, I don't who the hell is this? And it's whoever the the Etsy seller was. And then when I opened it, there was a little like plastic bag on the top with chapstick in it. And it was like free chapstick just for being nice. And I was like, did someone find out where I live? Do I need to move now? And then I like... I like pulled the chapstick out and then realized what was inside it. And I was like, I don't think my dead squirrel guy and my chapstick guy should be the same guy. No, that's how you get herpes right there. Yeah, you're right. Uh, so now I have this. Uh, so palate cleanser for what we're about to dive into. So today we watched The Sacrament. Yes. Yeah. Ty West by way of Eli Roth. Now, nobody saw this in theaters. This was no. largely on demand. I don't think anyone's seen this at all. Yeah. <laughs> it's for the best. <laughs> it is. Okay, so let's just do it like, okay, Paige, are we going to run it like Horror Virgin? 
Let's do it. All right, let's, let's do just it. do first thoughts. So Mikey made me watch this movie. When when you asked us to do this, I was like, you know, yes. we could do a Midsummer. And Mikey was like, no, I have the perfect movie. And I know <laughs> that when Mikey says that, because he says that shit all the time, and it's never a good movie, but it's always a good time. So I was like, let's do it. And it was the, it, it was the sacrament. And I watched the trailer for it, and I was like, oh shit, this is just Jonestown. But like, yeah. if mm-hmm. like two guys that work at Vice tried to recall all the events that happened in Jonestown and write fanfic about it. Like that would be this movie. And I was like, I'm on board for it. This sounds amazing. So like it lived up to that very low bar that Mikey sets for his (laughs) movies. I I did get like 20 minutes in and think, man, we should have watched Midsummer. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I mean, I know. (laughs) I didn't think y'all would do this. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Were you just like, I'm going to throw this out here, gauge yeah. the temperature of the room, see what's going on? Paige, this is how he dates. It's the same, it's the same <laughs> technique. <laughs> he, he, gets, he suggests a terrible movie, gets them on a podcast, waits, waits for their sound to go out, and so mm-hmm. that they move the laptop to adjust their microphone. <laughs> that literally happened, and guys, we got a show. You got to <laughs> play the long game. You it, know is, what I'm it is hot as balls here, and I'm not going to apologize. <laughs> no, so, do not. Let's get into this movie. So as Todd mentioned, this is essentially Jonestown if it was a Vice documentary. Yes. Which I did, first of all, enjoy that they just used Vice. Like, it wasn't right? like... A thing like Vice? Like, no. it was just Vice. But let's be honest. This movie was probably funded by Vice. Like, If it's not, they I hope they got a payout. Um, oh, yeah. But as somebody who watches a ton of Vice documentaries, Same. the first 40 minutes of this movie is exactly like a Vice documentary. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> in that way, they succeed. <laughs> the very beginning, like, the first thing you see on the screen is legit white text on a screen that just explains what Vice is. It is like a text commercial for Vice. Well, this was made in 2012, so Vice wasn't as big. They were just coming out with the YouTube stuff. Like the, the, I think the, it came out guys. 2014, Mikey. But still, I mean, you're I, right. Vice wasn't that big then, but they're, right. they were on the come up then. They were on the come up. Um, the thing that I think now having seen the entire movie, I think is interesting is they classify this as found footage. Yes, but at it the is. end, we know where the footage got founded <laughs> because those people survived. That's like the someone, big twist. <laughs> like, I found it. I brought it to your office. I found yeah. it in my backpack where I put it because I had the camera. I am the cameraman well, right. who has survived this film. In my head cannon page, the cameraman got back, lost the footage in his apartment, and then he finds it, so it's found footage. He's like, oh, it's underneath my shoes. I mean, you know this movie was financed by Vice when the only people that survived Jonestown in this movie are the two people employed by Vice. Because Patrick, <laughs> well, the guy who gets them to go there, is a freelance photographer. He does not he, work for Vice. He's also he's a fashion photographer, which oh, I know. N- makes no sense. But yeah. the other thing that I, I've got some notes on it later, there's an alternate ending to this movie, what? which would have made it found footage. Uh, but they would have never found that footage. It's I'll explain it a bit. Midsummer's a great movie, and it's about it cults. Don't get me wrong. Yes, but yes. I thought that this is kind of based on a real cult that Paige could pull in some like real cult knowledge because they've done Jonestown. We have not done this. Oh, man. God damn it. I wish you listened to any podcast ever. <laughs> I, literally, <laughs> I literally, but no, Mikey, you're not wrong. I, I actually messaged Paige earlier today and said, this will be great because like you guys haven't done Jonestown because I listen. 
and we could pepper in some cool, fun, like, Jonestown facts to this, but you guys can still, like, do a deep professional podcast dive into what Jonestown and the People's Temple, like, cult was all about. Yeah. I just feel like such a terrible person. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I can't cut it, Mikey. Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to get hate mail. I know a way you can make up for it. <laughs> Hello. I feel like you need to buy me the front half of a squirrel. <laughs> I'll just send the invoice. It'll be I'm here got for a it. fancy job. I'm going to Google that right now. <laughs> just front end of squirrel. Yeah, People it's, gonna it's be like... 100% going to be a furry website. <laughs> <laughs> Top half of a squirrel. <laughs> Front half. <laughs> Top list half of a squirrel. All right, let's move Top on. Half. So anyway, anyway, so the movie does start like with Patrick and Sam and the cameraman sort of talking in a vice office, which you know because the big vice logo is right behind Sam while they're talking. Yeah, and they 100% just snagged a conference room in the production company of whoever was funding this yeah. and just slapped a vice logo up. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. That's, uh, this is <laughs> such a low-budget movie. Yeah, they may as well have had like a... Like, like on like big white paper just printed out vice on like a shitty <laughs> printer like where it's like you see it by the end of it like running out of ink and literally duct tape that to the wall and i would have bought it like just the same if they would have adjusted the the numbers of the town i would have been more believable of this movie they're like 167 yes like, ah, you mean like 40 people thank well, okay so that that will come in a lot later but yeah the fact that they're a trying to pass this off as 167 people and it's clearly like 80 people maximum uh but also b 167 people is like 10 percent of the amount that died at jones i know yeah <laughs> they, they did such a bad job so we we have not done jonestown on this show yeah and Mikey. we it'll be a while because uh yeah, it's like the we white whale we just yeah, it is. And we just spent about 16 to 18 hours on Waco. Yeah, and that's man. just recorded. That's not the research half, which took months. And it's taxing because when we can find one off cults that are like kind of funny and no one's really getting yeah. hurt, that's a lot more palatable to yeah. do the research and everything. But we also feel a responsibility to cover the bigger cults where bad shit happens and people get really really hurt and jonestown is like you said that is the one it is the cult that people look to when they make comparisons it is undeniable it is well known it deserves at least the amount of time we spent on waco if not more mm -hmm. uh which it was a huge huge undertaking and it's one of those ones where you really have to kind of not only prepare yourself research-wise, but emotionally prepare yourself yeah. to go through it. Especially because at a certain point in the story of Jonestown, there is nothing fun or funny about it. And that point in the story is where this movie starts. So, like... Yeah, that's why this movie's so taxing. Your podcast seems so hard. And so <laughs> professional. You. They do such a great job, Mikey. Like, we literally just watch movies... Make fun of them, and <laughs> yeah. then Jen, who are is our other awesome co-host, like she'll sprinkle in like actual horror knowledge. She's great. Well, no, I have a very serious day job where yeah. a lot of very serious things happen. Yeah. So when I podcast, I get to talk about other stuff, like funny stuff, like. The first 30 minutes of this movie, those two Vice guys, they can't act worth shit. No, they're, oh, they're terrible. terrible. I actually like the the fashion photographer. I thought he did decent. 
Yeah, because he didn't talk that much. Yeah, he's uh, gone for <laughs> literally two-thirds of the movie. <laughs> yeah, I do think, and Mondo and I have had both said this about getting to be a guest on your show, is that we like it because we we only have to talk about fake dead people. Uh, <laughs> yes. So true. I mean, that's so true, though. <laughs> yeah, which is tough with this movie, because normally with a movie, we'd be like, ha-ha, shoot him in the face. And in this one, you're like, this is very tacky. This really happened to people. <laughs> Yeah, so like, no joke, I watched this with my lovely girlfriend, Natalie, who normally is not at all impacted by horror movies. Like, she's an actress, she's done some stuff, so she's, like, been on set. So whenever she's, like, watching a movie, she's, like, always breaking down, oh, I wonder how they did that effect, or that's a really cool camera angle. She's, like, too analytical about it, right? And I am so freaked out because I, I don't know what any of that shit is, and it's just, like, scary as fuck to me. I'm, like, the opposite with, like, true crime stuff. I can listen to it, I'm like, holy shit, that's really fucked up, but it doesn't stick with me like it like horror movies do and she's the opposite like she woke up this morning and she was like man i had the worst jonestown inspired dreams last night oh man but yeah because this movie is a it's like fan fiction of the jonestown massacre i have yeah. things to make fun of this movie about i i picked it because i thought it's an interesting <laughs> like cross-section of like lame weird low-budget horror oh, and yeah. like real-life culty terribleness i mean there's well, definitely some shit we're gonna make fun of but we're, we can oh, still talk yeah. about the serious horrible stuff that happened at jonestown i think the really interesting thing with this movie is that like if you're gonna make a movie about jonestown make a movie about jonestown right, if you're right? gonna just make a random cult movie get weird with it do other stuff but these these people literally followed as if there was like a playbook of like Here's exactly what happened in Jonestown, and we're just going to like find and replace the names of real people and include <laughs> our vice reporters instead. Right. Like they just copy and pasted the Wikipedia article for Jonestown. It was wild. They could have gone the direction of like Colonia Dignidad. The one with Emma Watson? Yeah. yeah. I had to watch it when we did Colonia Dignidad. Also, that's a another rough one. It is. <laughs> the, it's really like the, super. And I, I, I know this because I watched the movie, but also you guys did like a two or three parter on it. It was awesome. Yeah, we did, but we like, did three parts where we brought our explosives expert in. Oh, yeah, that's right. It was seriously. Listen to those episodes, Mikey. They're great. But like, <laughs> that was my favorite one they did. <laughs> I, I listened to the incel ones. I did. I, I did. Andrea crushed those episodes. Yeah, she was. That was well she researched did. too. But the Colonia uh, Dignidad yeah. movie, I think, is much, much better than this. I would a hundred percent agree with you. And I think, in part, the reason that movie is so much better is because it specifically is like, this is about Colonia Dignidad. Right. Like, we're fictionalizing a narrative within it, but this is what it's about. That's not what they did here. And I feel like... It's much more exploitative? Yes. Yeah. And it made me wonder if they wanted to make a Jonestown movie and couldn't get the rights to it. Ooh, Yeah. yeah. Or they didn't have the budget because they, I mean, they barely That's fit true. 150 people. Right. They had yeah. 45 people tops. That's there were only six people there. It's, <laughs> yeah. They're like, we have 60 elderly people. I was like, 60. <laughs> it was like, there's about 60 people total. Yeah. There's five houses in the yeah, whole cult. That was the other. <laughs> I, I've got notes about the houses, um, but it made me remember there was an assignment I had in film school one time where. We were writing like the first 30 pages of a feature script and one girl wrote herself into the Elizabeth Smart story. What? What? Here's the craziest part. <laughs> the way that she wrote herself into the Elizabeth Smart story, she wrote uh, her and a girlfriend 
in a dressing room at like a Macy's making out and then they like hear about it on the news and then it launches into the Elizabeth Smart story. It was the wildest thing I'd ever read. And uh, someone's working through some stuff. Tell me about it. Our (laughs) professor who was one of the producers for Rocky, like the movie Rocky. Right. He just he was like, do you have the rights to Elizabeth Smart's life story? And the girl was like, no. And he was like, why are you bothering me with this shit? Yeah. And he just threw it in the trash. <laughs> like, in front of her. Just like circular filed. Um, that's amazing. Was, but that's what it started. That's what I started to think watching this movie is that like, did they want to make a Jonestown documentary or a fictionalized Jonestown biopic? And couldn't so they just changed names because like literally like we we pick up after it tells us what vice is fucking strange yeah for like Uh, three and a half minutes for like three and a half minutes after it tells us what vice is it brings up that uh the fashion photographer patrick somehow the main character but not the main character you think he's gonna be the main character but once he gets to the the compound he fucking bones out he's gone most of the time yeah Uh, so he but in all fairness to Patrick Page, his sister yes. has been setting up nonstop threesomes for him the whole time he's been there. <laughs> According to her, yeah. <laughs> Which, <laughs> like, that was the weirdest, like, on what planet would you just be like, oh, he's not available right now. He's getting dicked down by, like, these other two chicks. Like, that's not, no one would say that. No. That's what my voicemail says. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey's not available right now. He's getting dicked down by these other two chicks. What you don't know is Mikey and I have an agreement that if anyone ever asked me where Mikey is, what I have <laughs> <laughs> so he reveals that his sister caroline uh had joined a sober living community in mississippi yes mm-hmm. and then sent a letter telling him that she wanted to see him and that at the bottom of that letter they had a phone number which seemed to indicate that that was a phone number to contact her at and then he calls the phone number and someone informs him that she has actually moved out of the country. Now, all of that is very real in the context of what happened at Jonestown. Yeah. Where, oh. yes, where Jim Jones really started out, A, just in kind of a normal church setting, but he was very famous for investing in community services yes specifically civil rights based services yeah he was super inclusive when a lot of christian pastors were not yes yeah and he was famous for like paying somebody's light bill if they couldn't pay it yeah or trying to get people sober or helping the homeless those were all things that in the beginning that's what jim jones was about and that's why so many people kind of flocked to him and way more than 60 oh yeah (laughs) When they got to the point that they were going to leave the country, a lot of people think that Jonestown got bad when they left the country. Yeah. And the reality is that Jonestown was bad for a long time before then. And and by Jonestown, I mean the People's Temple. Uh, yeah. The, uh-huh. Jonestown is the uh, commune in Guyana. The, the group is the People's Temple. And before leaving, he had all of them write letters 
to send some to send to their family some for him to keep and those letters had a bunch of different things in them in some cases it was informing their families that they had left uh, in other cases it was apologizing for uh, supposed slights to Jim Jones like things that they had done against him uh, in other cases it was absolving him of anything he had done to them and the reason he did that was so that if he was ever put in jail those letters would serve as proof in his defense and the reason was because he had already been investigated in San Francisco before they left that's part of why they left is yeah. that they had to leave the country he was going to jail yeah yeah. He was going to jail. There was like a tell-all interview. It was a huge thing. And so that's where a lot of that comes from. And a lot of those letters did include a phone number where people would call and find out that their family member had already been already left the country. You know, so you couldn't stop them. It was kind of too late already. So the fact that that's our setup is very very true of Jonestown prior to their move to the compound. Uh, that was kind of my first indication that somebody had really done their research. Yeah, I really do feel like the people ah. who, and I, I hesitate to say wrote, because they really just copy and pasted this movie from like reality. Yes. But the people who like, quote unquote, wrote this movie, like they really do even talk about, like when the father talks about the time before they moved, he references the fact that he was like very inclusive and like took care of the mm -hmm. elderly and like took care of light bills and stuff like that. So like they they reference that time even though it's you know we don't get to see that they do talk about that. So yeah, they the father is very much Jim Jones. Fun fact, played by the actor Gene Jones. Gene Jones. What the yeah. shit is that about? <laughs> when I looked that up and I was like, because I mean honestly, the first time you see the father, I was like, John Goodman should have played this role. Oh, he would have been so. There's good. no money for that. He, I, I, uh, yeah, Mikey, there true. was no money for that. You're right, but. And I'll say this, Gene Jones fucking killed it. He was the only actor in this movie yes. that was worth the shit. Although I don't think he did a great job writing Jim Jones for Gene yes. Jones. I feel like he yeah. did a really good job with what he was given. Yeah, I feel like if he was playing any cult leader that wasn't Jim Jones, yeah. he knocked it out of the park. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. But the fact that they've set everything up to the T to be Jim Jones, there are some crucial missing pieces that I'll get to kind of as we get further into it. Awesome. Okay, this first segment's made me really happy. I picked this movie because this I wanted to pick something that was like a hybrid of our shows, and this feels like this feels like I know exactly. No, no joke, Mike. You fucking nailed it because this is like a perfect okay. hybrid. It's a shitty yeah. horror movie, and it's like legit about a cult. I, I knew that they really researched their details, like during the suicide scene, because they also they poisoned the kids first before they announced it to like trap the families into that whole. Yeah. Mass oh suicide. yeah. We'll we'll get into mm -hmm. all that. I I have some really angry notes about that. Part <laughs> I'm sure yeah. you do, Paige, because they didn't do everything yeah. right. But we'll we'll get no, there. No, they did not. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. so let's get back in the movie. So the three of them: Patrick, the guy whose sister is in the cult, and he's like the fashion photographer; mm -hmm. the cameraman, whose name does not matter; and Sam, like the host yeah. of the Vice documentary show or whatever. They all like travel montage down to. I don't even know where the cult headquarters is. It, it, it never tells you. Oh, it was shot in Georgia. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, they do go to a third world country, the American South. <laughs> and I say that living in Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> My family is from Mississippi. So I know, let me Mikey. Tell you. Mikey, when I saw that the father was from Mississippi originally, I was like, oh, it's Mikey's people. <laughs> yeah. 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 
<laughs> we just did a shout out on our last episode uh, for their move to change the flag in Mississippi. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it passed. It passed. Yeah, it did. Yeah. I'm so Yay. proud of them. Yeah. It's so good. I'm very proud of that. Yeah. It's a good place to be from. <laughs> now it is, Mikey. So anyway, they get down to Georgia or wherever they're supposed to be where the cult is. And they like hop on a helicopter. Did they? I, I didn't understand where they got the helicopter. Did they commission it? That, Did the it, cult send it? When they it? called the phone number. It said, we'll have a helicopter take you to the location yeah. when you get to the airport. So the cult provided a helicopter? Yes, which yes. actually makes more sense with the alternate ending. Which, oh, when we get okay. to the very end, I'll, I'll, I'll fill you in. Okay. It makes a lot more sense. And there's some small talk where you're supposed to get to know the characters. Like, the the host guy with the beard, he's married and has a kid. Yeah. Or he's and about the, to have a He's kid. got a kid on the way, Mikey. And then the cameraman's making fun of the other guy for, like, wearing fashiony shoes but not boots yep this whole section also again if you know you're if you know anything about jonestown this movie's not scary at all it's more no. annoying but um yeah so <laughs> the events that precipitate the end of jonestown are when a senator and a team of reporters flew to uh guiana uh french guiana specifically and landed there to inspect jonestown so it literally happens exactly the way the film happens they go in search of a man's son who is reported to be in jonestown yeah because he like literally wrote the senator a letter and the senator yes. was like, well, I'll just fucking go check it out because that was a time when senators actually did their fucking jobs. Yeah, and they actually flew planes. They brought yeah. planes down and parked mm-hmm. two planes at the airstrip, which is very important later. But yeah, yes. but it was like the senator, two of his aides, I think, and then some reporters. Yeah, so it was, it, wasn't, it was more than three people. It was like six... People, it's a I team think? of, uh, I believe, nine people okay. total. Okay, I'm dyslexic. Mm-hmm. It's it's a thing. Um, <laughs> and again, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, don't spoil it. Trust me, when we go through Jonestown, this we're speeding through Jonestown Oh, yeah, right you now. guys will have to do any, <laughs> a real episodes on it. It'll it'll be a month or more longer yeah. for it'll have sure. To be. Yeah, it has And the to first, be. you'll probably do two, at least two episodes before they even go. Oh, absolutely. We'll probably do four episodes before they go. Yeah, because it's so much. We got to spend time talking about uh, when Jim Jones sold monkeys out of the back of his car. <laughs> That's not a joke. That's a real thing. Hustler's got to hustle, baby. Hustler's got to hustle. There's pictures that prove it. Not to redirect us back into the movie, but I do love that early on, as they're arriving at the compound, we get to see that the father is a huge Huey Lewis fan because there are signs that say, this is it. I saw that. I was like, this is terrible tree shadowing. Yes. Um, (laughs) But I also was like, Huey Lewis? Um, Yeah, exactly. I love the news. Okay, so I think it was very telling when the helicopter pilot is like, hey, be back at 8 a.m. I won't wait for you. Yeah. He doesn't want to be there. No. The fact that he was hired by the cult lends itself to the original ending. The fact that he doesn't want to stay near them lends itself to the actual filmed ending. It's like they didn't do a complete rewrite. It's almost like they were bad at this. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe he'd do anything for $20. <laughs> Mikey, not everyone has your policy. <laughs> uh, now, after they get off the helicopter and the guy tells them that they're not going to wait, right? there's guards the gunmen, that yeah. don't want them to go. Yeah, they've got literal guns. They don't like the camera. 
Uh, they won't give them any information. Yeah, they literally say, we only thought Patrick was coming. Sam and the yes. cameraman cannot come. Turn the fucking camera off. And it's only after talking to the compound via walkie-talkie that they let them get in the back of the pickup truck from hell. Yeah. And yeah. we get more exposition dialogue amongst the three vice people. And in my notes, it just says, this dialogue is unforged. It's terrible. It's real bad. It's like your first like day at improv class. At a certain point later in the movie, just typed into my notes, was this movie improv? And the only reason, <laughs> the only reason I'm like, maybe it wasn't is because there are so many Jonestown facts in it. And yeah. I'm like, someone had to keep track of this. But I would not be surprised to find out that about 90% of the dialogue in this film was completely improv. Oh, I'm sure it is. And I'm sure there was one script supervisor who wanted to kill themselves just following oh. everyone around. I liked it because the host turns to the camera and he's like, do you remember when we did that story in the desert and it was hard? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the thing that like hinted that it was improv is that they're talking over each other and i'm like no one writes dialogue like this yeah what are you aaron sorkin <laughs> yeah i was like what is this one of the bad seasons of the west wing come on <laughs> now when they get to the compound yeah, eden parish. again eden parish there's another debate about whether or not they'll let the other two in well yeah and that's when caroline literally has to come over because mm -hmm. patrick yeah. is up by the gate and talking to the right. guards, and they're like, we can't, we're not supposed to be filming, but we totally are because we're bad boys from Vice. And we're then afraid we're going to make a tape. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you. Yeah. <laughs> and then we see Patrick over there and Caroline come up and like sort of explain away the guards. And the guards just are like, fuck it, whatever, we'll kill you in a day anyway. <laughs> they all go in. But Eden Parish is a good name for a cult compound. It that is. is a great name for yeah. a cult compound. Now, they go in, and something that Caroline tells them that I'm, if you don't know Jonestown, you probably don't catch is she's like oh we're clearing out cabins for you right now yeah now the reason that's important is because jonestown had a startling lack of cabins where they just did not have enough that holds they up in this movie because there was not yeah, many cabins not many cabins although there's way few like this movie has i think just those six cabins yeah. that we see i think those okay. are the I only ones it. so 167 people these had three bunk beds in each cabin Right. Uh, it's they had four sets of two, so each cabin would sleep eight. Yeah, or yeah. two vice members, or two vice members. <laughs> they would need twenty-one cabins. To yeah, that, that would not work. Yeah, that wouldn't work. And now the thing at Jonestown is they were so low on cabins because they they had planned to move much later than they did, and then the legal trouble in the U.S. forced them to move faster. Uh, the original Jonestown, in some of those cabins, they would have 12, 16, 20 people to a cabin designed to sleep eight people. Yeah. Mm. Now, the other thing, too, when the senator came, they did have to clean out cabins. And that just meant that they had to move people out, which they do mention again later in this movie that people had to literally move out of their homes for them to stay. And there's another point just 20 minutes later in the movie when they're talking to two of the cult members and they say yeah back in the states there were five of us living in two rooms which oh. it doesn't occur to anybody that i'm like well there's eight of you living in one room here yeah. <laughs> like and that would have been if you were at jonestown only living with eight people you were living large that was a great cabin like 
that was a rarity people were stacked literally on top of each other so i found that really really interesting the other thing that i thought was really great that they actually did in this movie is the bulk of the members of the commune are people of color yeah and that is accurate to jonestown where because jim jones was so focused on civil rights and social justice he attracted many 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 members of the civil rights movement and then manipulated them so they could not leave so when the massacre happened it is a huge 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 amount of deaths of people of color and that's largely Mm -hmm. ignored when people talk about Jonestown but it is a, a feature that they actually do feature in this film that I thought was you know at least responsible in the telling of the story if this had been an actual movie quote-unquote about jonestown i would have applauded them for making sure to include that but yeah it's such a heavy fucking subject man (laughs) i know i think this movie was made for like really young people who have no idea what jonestown is so i pulled reviews (laughs) because i hated this movie with a fiery passion and i was like everyone else must have hated it no, and it got good reviews. It got great reviews. Wow. And I think it and I think it's because people didn't know. People didn't know all of the pieces that they stole from the story of Jonestown. And the one review that was like scathing and said exactly what I felt was the New York Times, and it was like a 70-year-old woman writing it. I was like, <laughs> she gets it. These darn kids ripping off our cults mass suicides. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But after Caroline explains away the gunman, she just sort of says, like, I mean, there are people here who don't want us to be here, so we need protection or whatever. She like very vaguely explains away why yeah. there are guys with AK 47s there. Here's the thing. I think if you're making a good fiction movie about a cult and you're going to set it somewhere in the jungle, it's very easy to be like, hey, the government here is unstable or like there's a million like valid reasons. And a lot of those reasons were the reasons that Jonestown had guns that they eventually used on their own people. But like the guns that they had were initially for protection They just also helped keep people inside. They kept people out and then kept people in. Yep. They walk into uh, Eden Parish and they immediately hear father over the speakerphone. Yeah, it's like it's like a PA system. It's like father is your principal. This is accurate to Jonestown as well. They also had a PA system. It's something that Jim Jones stole from Father Divine. No shit. Okay. A compound in New York in the 1930s through 50s, approximately before he passed away. Uh, And then his group still continues. They live in, I believe, Pennsylvania now. But it was used to essentially control what people did all day. And to just constantly keep him in their head. So it becomes this kind of interior monologue. And he would use it to keep them awake at all hours of the night. A lot of people think that the final massacre was their one shot at the revolutionary suicide. But they'd been practicing it for almost a year at that point. And most of them were so sleep deprived. They just followed what the speakerphone said. It's an incredible manipulative tool where it... Mm. 
is probably one of the single most devastating things about their community, and they included it here for the same reason, I'm guessing. I, I'm sure they did. Didn't they, uh, and we can talk about this when we get closer to that scene, but from what I have read about uh, the People's Temple cult and then the Jonestown Massacre, from what I understand, they actually went through that same ritual of the ritualistic suicide many, many times. It was just they the flavor aid wasn't poison. Yes. They multiple times ran it. Yeah. Uh, and and it hadn't been poisoned all those times. Right. So there is some question as to whether or not they truly believed this time would be poisoned. Uh, having listened to the tapes, I would say that I think they did understand that, mm-hmm. that it was poisoned and that's what makes them worse to listen to. Yeah, but, I'm sure they did once people yeah. actually started dying. Yeah, because the whole the whole yes. man, if you listen to the tapes, like that's a day Those where you're tapes. not you're not going to oh do anything that day. Like it's going to break. Have your you listened heart. to him, Todd? Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I listened to him, too. It's uh it's rough, ugh. man. But like I do think that they some of them probably had no idea they were actually going to die until the first people started dying. Let's just we'll come back to this. Let's talk about it we'll, when we get we'll that get scene. To yeah. When we, yeah, when we get to that that portion. So Caroline kind of spirits her brother away to be, you know, absent for 40 percent of this movie. Yeah, he's got to get threesomed or whatever. She explains away later. Yeah. That That's the only thing that makes sense why he would come. Like, that's what the letter <laughs> said. <laughs> Which, to be honest, if we had just watched Midsummer, yeah, that kind of stuff does happen. Yeah, right? seriously. He's like, my sister sent me this letter. He said, there's two chicks over there. They're in a different continent, but they're super into it. They've seen my picture. <laughs> this could be it, guys. This could be my first threesome. This would only work on men. Like, there's no way There's no way a woman goes to another continent For a threesome I want to see the movie where he rushes to the vice offices He's like guys I need you need to videotape this Come with me document this So I can tell all of my friends yeah. That this yeah. actually happened and then, it's a, and then it's a cult Yeah <laughs> They're like we're too busy planning to go to the gathering of the juggalos For the 15th year in a row <laughs> <laughs> So they leave the other two alone and they basically get to start interviewing the other people in the commune, which... Yeah, because they leave Sam and the cameraman alone. Right. Yeah, yeah, which did actually kind of remind me of some of those scenes in Midsummer, where, you know, Danny or the um, the <laughs> vaping asshole are left kind of to their own devices yeah, right? and things. <laughs> Here was the other thing that I kept thinking watching this movie. If you want to watch a fictionalized cult movie that's really good... And does a lot of the legwork that this one does not. Watch The Endless. That is yes. a fucking great movie. And one of my favorites. Please have me on for that one. Um, but <laughs> The Endless does a great job of kind of laying the groundwork for a fictional cult with real cult elements. Mm-hmm. While still weaving an interesting story. And having really, I would say, valuable discussions about PTSD after being in groups like that I've seen The Endless I really liked it Yeah I love The mm-hmm. Endless uh, This movie does none of that um, <laughs> no. I, I, I I tried to pick something sillier and then like This is totally backfired <laughs> It's okay it's informative <laughs> uh, So they start interviewing people They interview Lorraine who's older Yes uh, And she kind of comes back Towards the end a little bit mm-hmm. Uh, she's widowed. I think something that's pretty notable about everybody that they interview is their 
not connected to any family members or societal structures. Yeah. Well, the, the cult is their life at this point. They don't yeah. they don't have that connection anymore to anywhere else, which is a super common cult tactic. Another yeah. thing to remember about these people that they interview is that they're all better actors than the main actors. <laughs> yes, but they also seem to be making up their story as they go along. Did anyone else notice that one? Yeah, I did notice that one. But they're way like, better at it. Like the girl from Australia, they're like, are you from Australia? She's like, yes. And they're like, don't you want to go back? And she's like, why would I? Technology, peace. And you're just like, what? <laughs> okay, she was pretty bad. But the nurse was really good. The nurse was really good, yeah. The nurse was great. I was actually... I wish they would have done more with her because she is a really interesting character and there were people like her in Jonestown. Yeah. And I feel like the reaction, like they have some shots of her when the massacre is happening and afterward that indicate that she has a complicated and conflicted relationship mm -hmm. with her yeah. involvement that we never get to explore. That would have been so interesting. And they're just like... <laughs> yeah, the way it's explored in the movie is you see on a manila folder by her dead body, please forgive me. Which I'm like, how much more do I want to hear that woman's story yeah. than these vice assholes? <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. Yeah. After the nurse, we talked to the basketball players, which yeah. seems like a weird inclusion, except Jonestown had a basketball team that actually oh. would travel to the United States to play. And really? I didn't know that. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. When the massacre happened, the team was in the United States. No shit. So oh. the team survived. A small group of people who were not there Holy for shit. the massacre survived because of their basketball team, including, and most notably, one of Jim Jones's sons. Wow. Wow. And I believe his wife at the time. Now, he was sleeping with a lot of people. Yeah, everyone so, there was his wife. Yeah, it's a little little column A, little column yeah. everything. And so, but mm -hmm. multiple people survived because they were on this basketball trip. That's amazing. There was also, there was an office on the mainland. That's where the phone number would link to in the letters. Those people also received the mandate to kill themselves. And one of Jim Jones's, I believe, son also, he had multiple children, um, stopped them from killing themselves in that office if memory serves so Oof. they survived also that's awesome so there there are this movie would make you believe that the only people who can survive a, a, a massacre are vice reporters but like white vice reporters wasn't there a few survivors in the compound yeah there yes, were there are okay. they actually within the movie cover some of the ways that they survived mm -hmm. but then they don't show anyone surviving that way um, but a few people survived in the compound, and then the people who were not at the compound at the time largely survived. Yeah, okay. Um, so, but that's, I think, why they include the basketball, because that was actually a thing. That's fascinating. Yeah. Now, it's at this point that we finally get the reporters alone in their giant cabin with, like, eight beds. And Sam, the main reporter, is asking the cameraman what he thinks, and he's like, I don't know. I'm pretty sure there's some red flags. And <laughs> yeah. I, I love that Sam is just like, nah, <laughs> like, no, <laughs> it's early foreshadowing that things are not what they seem. But yeah, this is when we meet Savannah for the first time. I called her little ring girl because she doesn't yes. speak. 
and she's right. creepy every time you see her. And the, she's very creepy. Yeah, when you see her, she's just like standing outside their screen door, and I was like, "What the fuck is that?" We see her multiple times. Yeah, where she's just angled through the back, yeah, where like over somebody's shoulder, you see her through the screen door. Um, that's when her mom says they can't talk to outsiders. Yeah, which again, red flag. Yeah. Um, well, she also explains is, that Savannah's a mute and she can't talk. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where they reunite with Caroline and Patrick. And Patrick's like, this place is great. I've been taking pictures, whole thing. And Caroline mentions that father's not feeling well. He needs to take his medication, but then they're going to do the interview that night. Uh, And we get a tiny taste of it at the very end. When he does that rail of Coke. He does a (laughs) rail of Coke. What I think that is meant to be analogous to is that Jim Jones had a crippling amphetamine addiction, uh, meth and Coke. And uh, red wine, where he would drink so much wine that his teeth were like purple. Ugh. He was just constantly high on amphetamines and then trying to mellow himself out with other stuff. And so he was just constantly out of his mind on drugs. Yeah. And, you know, that's in a sober living facility. Not great. <laughs> right. He's setting a bad example for sure, but he's the cult leader. They can do whatever they want. Yeah. And well, the, the sister does it too later on. So it's like, you know, he's well, sharing. Yeah, he's but sharing. It, well, he's doing that because he's a horrible dude. They, they're, fucking, they're sleeping together. Yeah, he's fucking his, his sister. So like, yeah. which is real, not not good. But I mean, that's also very realistic to cults. Oh, yeah, for sure. So having her sleeping with father to live in the big house is actually a Manson thing, not a Jim Jones thing. Oh, really? Ah. Yeah. I mean, Jim Jones did have a big house, but it was largely like his wife. A lot of people lived in that big house. Um, But on Spawn Ranch, in order for the Manson family to be able to continue to live there, it is alleged that Squeaky Frome slept with um, the man who owned Spawn Ranch so that she could sleep in the house no instead shit. of fake prop houses. Yes. So that I found interesting because I was like, ah, oh, that's not really a Jonestown thing, but it is definitely a Manson thing. Well, there you go. This next scene is them at that picnic table where it's our three vice people together again. This is the scene that I'm like, this is 100% improv. Like yeah. there's, they wrote none of this. They wrote absolutely none yeah. of this. Here's what they did. They yeah. said, you guys are going to be chatting here. Caroline's going to bring you a manila folder. You're going to open it and read what it says. And that's the scene. And that's all the direction <laughs> right. they got. And honestly, if that's all the direction they got, they did a mediocre job with that scene. <laughs> yeah, that that was the scene where they were talking over each other the yeah. most. And, and about nonsense where it like didn't even make sense. I was just like. What is this? And then he's taking photos. He's like, yeah, I'll schedule a show with Milk after. And I'm like, why does Milk just want random photos of a cult? Like, what is happening <laughs> well, here? And also, he, he literally says, look at this one photo I got and shows the camera to the, to the other guy. And there's no photo on it. He's not showing him anything. Like, We can Nothing. see that. <laughs> Nothing. We do see a photo on somebody's phone later, but it's completely yeah. unrelated. And it looks like a catalog bottle. These cult people were, they had some, they had some hotties really in the bunch, people. Mikey. Yeah. yeah. I'm right there with you. You're not wrong. Yeah. That's always the case. Uh, it's most famous for the family international who used to do something called flirty fishing flirty fishing hell yeah 
They would specifically have hot girls and send them out to be sex workers to then bring people back in. Yeah, they would literally oh. sleep with potential members to like suck them into the cult. And then yeah. when they would give everything over to the cult and be completely dependent upon the cult, that's when they would then go to another, I guess, mark. Man, that's probably going to happen to me at some point. Yeah, Mikey, point. that would definitely <laughs> work I mean, like, on I you. I met this new girl, Todd. She's great. Uh, I'm going to go meet some people at her compound later on today. And I'd be like, "How? Where, where'd you meet her? And he goes, oh, the, her boss runs this like whole food cafe downtown. It's really trendy and cool. Yeah. <laughs> She's vegan, though, so I don't know. That could be a deal breaker. <laughs> I don't know. Manson also did it where he, that's how he got to live with one of the beach boys because oh. he was, he brought girls. And so it, like he would sh- roll up like five bitches deep. And, you know, even though one of those bitches was Patty Krenwinkle, people were down to party. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, they're not all her, right? They, there are four other ones. It's fine. No, no, no. Yeah, there, it's, and, and there were other girls, too, because Manson always had acid. So, like, the, yeah. to mm-hmm. lure people in with hot girls and drugs, just like Midsummer, it's a cult thing. It happens a yeah. lot. Now, at this point, they go to the interview at the pavilion. Yeah. And uh. this is the first time we actually meet Father. Yeah, and everyone loses their shit as he starts walking up. It's like, it ve- it felt very culty at that point to me. It's night now. It's a giant pavilion. It's like the biggest building that they have. It's a bunch of picnic tables yeah. and chairs. And then Father rolls in like Elvis style from the back. Well, well fat Elvis, not like young, sexy Elvis. Like, no, like no, no. 60s, older Elvis. Yeah, yeah, older Elvis, yeah. But yeah. people are fainting and trying to touch him and wanting to hug him and all that stuff, too. <laughs> yeah. It's a good scene. I mean, maybe if he'd done more amphetamines. <laughs> <laughs> in the scene before this when caroline delivers the uh like pre-manifesto like little one pager on the cult <laughs> yeah, yeah and then out of nowhere she goes we have nothing to hide i was like you don't say that out of nowhere unless you're hiding everything i was like what is this uh, an yeah. agatha christie movie or it's just like <laughs> but so father comes into the pavilion in the lore of Jonestown, the pavilion is where they would always have their meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, and they would meet for hours and hours on end because he would just get like high as a kite and ramble and they weren't allowed to leave. Yeah, he would do like seven, eight hour sermons, like where he was yeah. just high as a kite talking about whatever made up Jesus shit he was using to control someone that day. It was insane. Yeah, and he would call people out specifically for offenses against him and make them fight each other. It was like a whole thing. So oh, that like Thunderdome? Like more yes. like more like cult fights. But yeah, like bum yes. fights but with cult members. Yeah. Right. Which mm. it plays into why people are either A quick to rat people out and tell the things they know about other people to father. And also be why they don't leave because they can't trust anyone else to have their back because everyone given the chance will beat someone up so that they don't get beat up. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. it's this it's this constant like in order for me to survive, I have to tattle on everybody else, which we kind of see in the interview later when we find out that father already knows that Sam is his wife's pregnant oh dude during the interview when he uh introduces himself and he asks him what his real name is and he does Mm -hmm. give his real name as charles anderson reed and i was like oh shit he had three names that's a bad sign if anyone introduces themselves with all three names they have and will kill more people my name is james michael randolph oh my god um so Paige, (laughs) uh if i die you know what's up yeah oh for sure you know, Do you guys want to, like, <laughs> have a threesome? <laughs> you guys want to try some acid? <laughs> Can I bring the squirrel? 
Yeah. Mikey, if you were a cult leader, you would have better luck with the ladies. Maybe. Statistically. (laughs) (laughs) I'm too lazy to do something like that. See, that's the problem with most cult leaders is they want the attention. They want the girls. They want the money. But where they fall down is that once you have all these people following you, you're then responsible responsible for those people yeah man yeah, and that's where it falls down because you're just like fuck i gotta get houses for everybody damn Paige, has a cult leader ever just like ghosted them <laughs> yeah actually <laughs> we haven't we didn't cover we haven't covered it on our, our show yet i do want to do an episode on it uh but there's a group mm, i don't want to specifically say the name just in case i'm wrong but there was a group in upstate new york where the cult leader was just kind of like yeah, you know what? I'm over it and just left. <laughs> that would be me. They're like, we all need houses and we got to make crops. And I'm like, look, this was like really like you guys have been great. But like, it's not you. It's me. Yeah, I'm actually seeing other cults right now. <laughs> That's so. exactly what happened. And they had like a compound with like houses. <laughs> they all lived there. And then he was just like, I feel like my personal journey is moving me to a different place. So it's been nice. Uh, but Thank you. This is my two weeks notice. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) And then and I watched a documentary on it and the people he left behind. I felt horrible because like the only thing worse than that is the ones where they kill people because if they just like leave. That's the that's right below that. that? Yeah. Mikey, what you do to these women is horrible. Whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) Hear me out because the people dying in a cult that is the worst possible outcome absolutely people escaping abuses that's a terrible outcome too but at least they get out then there's these people who were like all in no one had really left the cult yet but they are like a hundred percent in and this guy's like yeah i'm good bye and they're like what my entire belief system. I sold everything I had. What do I do now? And so they interviewed all those people and they're just like, I had to go back to being a stockbroker. I don't know. <laughs> what am I doing? So that'd be me. I'd be like, look, you guys have made a really huge commitment here. You're in 100%. So it's only fair to me to tell you I'm not there yet. <laughs> My and cult I- leader didn't text me back. I'm going to need some space. <laughs> I think my favorite part was that he left. He was like, you guys can stay in the house or whatever, but, you know, I'm gonna. <laughs> he was like, hash it out amongst yourselves. He literally just was like, hey, I'm going to go out and get some cigarettes. <laughs> Never came back. If I look at what my life could be over the next five years, I don't see myself staying at Cult Corp. I've got to make decisions for me. By the way, we are starting Cult Corp immediately. <laughs> How is this not a thing? He's like, look, I never had a dog. So I didn't know about what responsibility was. <laughs> I didn't realize I had to feed you guys every day. <laughs> so we get to the pavilion. Uh, they're all super excited to see father, which uh, an, a quick note. The reason they call him father is because they used to call Jim Jones dad. I mean, oh. listen, yeah. I think it's probably better to call your cult leader father than daddy. But either way, it's weird. Have you guys ever been called Mikey? The question you're about to ask is going <laughs> to elicit a response from me that you're not going to enjoy hearing. So I would suggest you stop asking nope, the question. Nope. Continue. Please continue. Uh, have you ever been called daddy during a sexual act, Todd? Someone once called me Jesus Christ. <laughs> Who's the cult leader now, Todd? <laughs> I wish that wasn't a true story. Oh, man. I have a str- I 
I have a strict moratorium on parent names. Yeah. In yes. in a sexual context where I I have put out the warning ahead of time of like <laughs> if you call me mommy, I'm oh. out. Like yeah. this ends now. Yeah. Immediately cuz no, I have a mommy. She's not involved. <laughs> I wish the cult leader in this movie was like, I'm father in the streets, but daddy in the sheets. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Mikey, how how do you not have a harem? Like, I just don't understand it. <laughs> I just left Let them because that's like, I don't want to. I, I disappoint one woman at a time. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> let me ask you. Let me ask you one question. I'm guessing you have been called daddy. Did it upset you? Or was like it okay? It. Yeah, it's weird, right? She looked into my eyes and said, you're my Jesus Christ. Oh, what? no. Yeah. Oh, no. Todd, that's oh. worse. That's worse than daddy. It you're is. You're going to get hit with lightning. <laughs> <laughs> so here to prove that God isn't real, I'm fine. It was. <laughs> it, it did freak me out, but, you know, it didn't really stop me. <laughs> oh, God. I would have been like, huh? Oh, yeah, I was. <laughs> I would just told her I'm, I'm gonna go and I'll be back in three days. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I wish that was not a true story. Like, and that's and this person I'm sure hates me now, so like she's never gonna listen to this. But yeah, that's such a strange thing to say to somebody. Like, that's such a specific because like when Manson used to fuck people, he used to be like, "I am God, you are God," like nuts. That's like hippie shit. Yeah, I know, but like to to name it out, like that's as bad as if she had been like, "You're my L. Ron Hubbard." Like, (laughs) 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 give me that L. R. H. Baby, I want your thetans inside me. Oh. oh man, maybe we should get back into the movie because this is Wait, like yeah. movie. <laughs> this is a very crazy long detour where we heard that someone called Todd Jesus Christ. <laughs> anyway, so so we're back in the pavilion yes. and Daddy is having an interview. Oh man! Now this was the part where I got a little frustrated. I'm sure, yeah. Uh, because now, and I do want to say, Gene Jones is doing a great job as a cult leader. Yeah, yeah, he's every- killing. Up until this point has been so definitively Jonestown, and he's not doing a great Jim Jones. No, well, Jim Jones like, wasn't necessarily from the South. Like he didn't talk like that. Yeah, and I'm sure his stuff was actually written, and he's yes, it, like what he's saying is not super Jim Jones. It's like general cult leader stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, but it's like really deep South cult leader stuff. Like it's yeah. very well. Uh, he this guy directed House of the Devil too, I think. Yeah, he did. And mm-hmm. it seems like a person from that cult is this cult leader's. Yeah. Is this G- Oh, Jones interesting. Guy. I haven't seen House of the Devil, but yeah, that's interesting. That's the movie I probably should have picked. <laughs> uh, the, the reason I bring it up is Jim Jones actually had a really specific intonation to the way that he spoke. Yeah. Um, and it was fake. He had actually mm. modeled it after... Um, both Father Divine, who was uh, a cult leader before him, but also um, specifically after the way that African-American preachers spoke to mm. appeal to his core base. So he has this kind of like sing-songy way of speaking, um, but then he also, because he was so hopped up on amphetamines and then just like, ass loads of wine he would just slur through sentences like you i'm sure you heard it on the tape yeah if you listen to the tapes you hear all of that yeah 
Yeah, he goes like full Ozzy Osbourne in the middle of it, where he's just like, oh, Sharon, and you're just like, what? Did he uh, say crazy train? <laughs> Hang on one second. <laughs> yeah, but they did nail the glasses. Glasses were perfect. Oh, yeah, yeah. And listen, I don't trust anyone who's wearing sunglasses at night unless they're Corey Hart. So you would stay away <laughs> from anyone doing that. I, well, I think my favorite thing afterwards is he's like, I don't think he answered any of my questions. I was like, you're realizing that now? I know, not during <laughs> the interview? Wow. But but also, it's a cult leader. Have you ever talked to a cult leader? Have you watched an interview with L. Ron Hubbard? He's like, I'm going to talk to you about how squares are the devil. And you're just like, I didn't ask you. <laughs> yeah. I do like that. It seemed to me, because where they talk about how I don't think he answered any of the questions that I asked. Like, that's a different scene. That's the scene right after the interview scene, before the yeah. party scene. So it's like right. like they only had Gene Jones, the actor, for like three days. And they couldn't get right. him back to reshoot the interview. So they had to like retcon in the whole, <laughs> oh, man, we fucked up that whole interview. I'm just so sleep deprived or whatever. I hear yeah. they got music at the party. Let's go. Like First of all, he, he doesn't answer any of the questions. Uh, he mainly, he does that thing of like, uh, when a white person gets called racist and they're like, nah, I have a black friend. He does the like <laughs> Martin Luther King. And you're yeah. just like, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I do feel like Jim Jones would have done that though. Yeah. Uh, and then there's like a veiled threat about yeah. Sam's unborn child yeah. because he like knows about it and he shouldn't. And is like, Oh, do you love your family? <laughs> like, do you like yeah. your life? Like it's hardcore. Yeah. Cocaine will make you say whacked out shit. True. I really didn't like that the vice host looked like a young Al from Tool Time. <laughs> I didn't like how he went from being a cocky asshole to being the most grounded character in the film in the span of like 10 minutes with no personal growth. I do have a note in here that just says that this band deserves to be in a better movie. This band, the band is fantastic. <laughs> the band is fire where I was like, oh, okay. All right. It's like legit <laughs> praise and worship music. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But then after that, we get Savannah slipping Sam a note that says, please help us. Yeah. Which, again, is something based in reality. Um, the mm -hmm. group that went to Jonestown was actually there for a couple days. And on the last day, as they were about to leave, a man slipped one of them a note telling them that they needed to help and that people wanted to leave. And so that's based in reality also. Yeah. After that, the music takes a creepier turn yeah the lyrics just become yeah. fix me jesus i have heard that song i know that song uh but for a hot second before i realized that was the song it was i was like are they singing coldplay right now uh but that's <laughs> coldplay is like secular <laughs> praise and worship music yeah a little bit uh but that's fix you not fix oh, me yeah <laughs> so they kind of go on the hunt to try and find patrick so that they can get the fuck out of there yes and they find a safe full of passports. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah, because they chase Savannah, right? Yeah, because yeah, Savannah's Savannah. like leading them away. Or Savannah's just like running away and they sort of follow her and then yeah. end up in the big house. But the, right. no, no one's in there. Or no, this isn't right. the big house. This is the office that's right next to the big house. Anyway, mm -hmm. but right. in the office, the cameraman sees like folders on the desk and he like walks towards those, like get video of the folders and what the papers are. And then he sees the safe is open. He opens the safe and a shitload of passports are in there. Which was a thing. They did yeah. keep everyone's passports. Um, they didn't want anyone they to leave. They wanted them to be legit yeah. trapped there. Anytime you join a commune overseas, that's a thing. 
uh, Satya Sai Baba was like famous for taking people's passports all the time. So yeah. like that happens a lot. It's at this point that Caroline pops up clearly rolling. Oh yeah. She's super oh, yeah. high on like Molly or something. Yeah. Yeah. She is feeling herself. Uh, and she's like, this is where she says, oh no, Patrick's off having a threesome with those girls. Yeah. Well, because they're like, Which where I the fuck is your brother? We want to leave. And she's like, okay, oh. so who do you guys think were the women he was having a threesome with? The Australian chick? Definitely. Yeah. Clearly the Australian chick. Who's the other one? one? Mama D, the old lady, the first one. You don't, you don't get a nickname like Mama D unless you, you know, into some shit. <laughs> yeah. So he could call her mama and it would be her real nickname. <laughs> the worst part about that is, uh. Vacuuming up all the blue hair. <laughs> Do you have a B. Sean Frise? No. <laughs> she walks in wearing just her red hat. Oh, <laughs> oh God. Oh, that hurts. They don't call oh, them boomers man. for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Afterwards, you can be like, you're truly the greatest generation. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Mikey. Car yes. So Caroline's like, he's having a threesome. He can't talk to you about your person problems right now. Right. And then father pops out and calls to her. And it's very clear that she and father are banging it out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's got like a full pop dog. It's it's. <laughs> oh, my God. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's bad. Uh, and they're like, fuck her then. She's not going to help. <laughs> like. Which part of me is like the second you realize she's sleeping with father, doesn't that make you super suspicious where you're like, oh, we're going to die here. These guys are idiots and it's a miracle yeah. they survived. The, it is. For, it, yeah. The other ending makes way more sense to me. Yes. Yes, it does. So they go back to their cabin and they're watching through the windows of their cabin and they see people setting things up at the pavilion and if you know the story, you're like, oh, they're clearly setting up yeah. for the next day. Yeah, they're, they're setting right. up for the flavor aid and the cyanide and, and everything. Um, and they're in their cabin just like, fucking weird, man. I don't know what they're doing. And part of me is like, why did you stay? Yeah. Get yeah, on the path. Absolutely. You, Get home. Th there's a two kilometer road like between and it's paved. So like just yeah. walk the road to like where the helicopter is going to pick you up. Hang out all night. I mean, don't sleep, but hang out all night in cover and then come out at eight and leave. Yeah. Did anybody else like go convert like metric to imperial to like find? I'm like, oh, so to two find out how long two kilometers was. <laughs> I'm like, I've read a 5K. So like two Ks is, is like a mile something. Three Ks avoided oh. at all costs. <laughs> <laughs> it's 1.2 miles. Yeah. Right. It's not very far. Like, you could walk that in 20 uh, minutes. Okay, show off, Mr. I'm super in shape. <laughs> it's not very far. I would have got though. the fuck out. Because they're just sitting They're sitting all night, and they're like, their eyes are wide, and they're like, this place is not great. We got to get out of here. But, Mikey, before we leave, why don't we just, like, sleep on it? Like, that's what they well, do. Well, don't they? They talk to Savannah's mom, who's like, they beat Savannah, and that's why she doesn't speak anymore, and yes. all this other stuff. Yeah, because yeah. Savannah leads them to where a bunch of other people are. Maybe not like a bunch, but yeah. there's like three people yeah. who are like, Please, we're not allowed to talk to you, oh, but we want to take leave. us with you. Take us with you. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And then a gunman comes over and like everyone leaves except for Savannah. And they're like, yeah, we just found Savannah here. And the gunman's like, let me take her back. I know where she lives. But in like a more menacing, like might kill her sort of way. Yeah. So they get back to their cabin. They're watching everybody. And it the timestamp says 5 a.m. Yeah. Implying that they've been up all night. Yeah. And this is where the timeline of this movie really starts to bother yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Because, so, it's 5 a.m., 
they they clearly try to sleep a little bit and then the next shot is the next morning and everyone's up and around but it's yeah. it's so light outside that like you know when you wake up and you've slept through your alarm and you're like it's way too late like i i can already tell right. from the amount of light it's too late they get up at what looks like 11 a.m. yeah <laughs> like conservatively <laughs> noon they're like um, we stayed up all night scared to death so we slept in mixed breakfast whatever yeah and, and i'm it's two kilometers back to the airfield so like that's not a a long walk but it's not a short walk they have to do it with packs Right. Or get a ride. But I don't think they're waiting for a ride. And so they get out and start asking for where people are. And that's when everyone is there packed and ready to leave. And they send the cameraman to the helicopter. Yeah. This is the dumbest part. This is where the whole thing breaks down for me. So this is this is based on reality. Yeah, is is Ugh. why it's there. Is yeah. that what? Because they can't find Patrick, the 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 original guy, still because he's still having his threesome. Hopefully, right. <laughs> well, no, Patrick's there in the morning. Yeah, Patrick's there in the morning. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and and Patrick is asking. He's like, "What do you mean these people? Like the, these people are allowed to leave?" And she's like, "Of course they are, just not right now." You know, like right. she's kind of giving him the runaround. So this is based in reality. When the senator and his team came and people approached them wanting to leave, they basically said, "Well, of course you can leave, right?" Yeah. And so they actually had enough room. They called for a second plane, and we're going to take a number of people back with them. As kind of like a show of good faith of like, mm -hmm. sure, Jim Jones will let people leave. If people want to come back with us, they can just get on the plane. We'll take you home. Um, and so they send like a small group ahead to try and get a certain amount of people on the planes because it couldn't fit everyone. Yeah, that's where the shit goes down originally. That's when the shit goes down yeah. originally. Now, this is almost exact because they send a portion of people to the planes. And in the process, the senator in real life gets stabbed and dies. Yeah. And in this version, um, it looked like they were not going to include the stabbing at first. Yeah, they mm -hmm. do. But um, it's later. Yeah, they do. But it's later. Um, what instead happens is the cameraman gets to the airfield and the guards that have driven him there try to shoot him and the helicopter pilot. Now, in real life, um, they Jonestown sent a second convoy of just gunmen who killed an entire plane's worth of people. Yeah. And a number of people on the other flight who were wounded, one flight is able to take off. So a small group of people survive on that one flight. Uh, the other flight is, and it's literally, I mean, 10, 12 people dead. Just like instantly. Yeah. Just mowed down on the airfield. It's brutal. And a couple of them take off into the jungle. And those are the few people that do survive, which they do what the cameraman does and run out into the jungle and double back. So those people spent the night in the jungle and survived in time to basically fly that second plane the next day. Oh I'm pretty sure God. that one of the ladies yeah. was from the senator's office and she got shot and literally and like laid in a ditch for 16 hours or some crazy yes. long time. And they just thought she was dead. And whenever they would walk by, she pretended to be dead and they left her alone because they thought she was dead. She was bleeding out, you know, and she amazingly yep. survived this. I can't remember the exact time, so don't quote me on it, but it's like an insane amount of time. 
Like you wouldn't want to yeah. be not shot in a ditch that long, and she was shot in a ditch right. waiting. Yeah, but she yes. survived. At this point, the he drops the camera. And this is where I thought we were going to get the quote-unquote found footage from. Right. I didn't realize that we were going to found it because they survived. Uh, so he <laughs> drops the camera, and we presume that he has either run off into the jungle never to see the camera again or been shot. We don't know, but the camera is there. We cut back to the compound where they do attempt to stab Sam. Yeah. They do stab him, but he survives. And they take Patrick away to, we find out later, but they just kind of spirit Patrick away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. At this point, I clocked the time of this movie because this movie is only 99 minutes long. And at this point, we were only 65 minutes into the film. <laughs> yeah. And at that point, I realized, oh, my God, they're going to spend a third of this movie on the massacre. Yeah. And they do. Yeah. And that's when I got really upset. <laughs> because, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Because it is like. That's why we'll I said this it. movie feels exploitative to me. Yes. Yes. At a certain point, it stops being a story about a cult and starts being, look how many creative ways we can kill people with poison. Yeah. And or any number of so many people die in ways that are not poison yeah. uh, that and they. It's real rough. So they start out with father instructing people to drink the Kool-Aid and commit suicide. I don't think it's fair to even say suicide. There are people on the outside of the pavilion with guns and yeah. they will get shot if they leave. It's not suicide. Right. Like I, it bothers me when, yeah, it's because murder. it's not. It and, is murder. Yeah. But when people talk about it today, most people say mass suicide when it's right. really just one person killed themselves. Which they do in yes. this movie too, and he just murdered nine hundred other people. I think a good a good portion of them also went for it. I don't know. The reason I have a problem with that is because they had done this Kool Aid massacre suicide thing a bunch of times. Wait, well, yeah. are we talking about real life or the movie? Real oh, life. Real life. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, okay. This is a and, part that the movie gets very wrong. Yeah. Which mm -hmm. is unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. In the in the movie, I mean, in the real life, it sounded from the tapes, it sounded like it's like a half and half. Like, well, then you, you they killed the kids first, so like then the parents were yeah. like, we might as well die. I mean, like it was terrifying, terrible. Well, the thing that I thought was very interesting about the way they tried to portray this in the movie is that the pavilion is open air. Um, as opposed to at Jonestown, many people were inside and so doors were blocked with people with guns. So you really couldn't get out. There was one guy who survived who says he survived by just walking up to the guards and being like, I have to go grab something. I'll be back really quick. And they just were like, okay. And he walked past them and ran into the jungle and survived. Yeah. yeah. Um, but in this one, the guns aren't there yet. At first, the people are just sitting there and he's telling them that they're going to do it. And everyone's just kind of nodding along. They're going to go along with it. And that really bothered me, because if you've listened to the tapes, there are people who fight back, specifically yeah. a woman named Christine. And she, for a good 45 minutes on those tapes, fights with Jim Jones to try and stop it and other people fight with her and then she is shouted down by the majority again on the tapes and they did they kind of did this a little bit out of order 
where in the movie he's like i've already given it to some of the children yeah. too late mm-hmm. but in real life in the tapes you hear them actively give it to the children and you hear the children start to die yeah and that's when things start to get really bad and people start to freak out and the one thing that they did include in this movie that a lot of people don't know about Jonestown is the syringes full of Kool-Aid because at a certain point the people who saw everyone else dying started to resist because Jim Jones told everyone it's painless don't worry and then gave it to the children it clearly was not painless not painless they were dying horrible deaths and so they then started either forcefully pouring it down people's throats which they do show in this movie um, or injecting them which they do show in this movie as well or if they tried to run just shooting them yeah you know so it's one of those things where even if people started out kind of willing, they are manipulated yes. into that choice. And at the end of the day, I'm a call it murder. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much in the movie. At first, there was a point where a lot of adults were drinking it and they hadn't shown any children. And I got very angry because not that I want to see children die. But that was the reality of the situation. Yes, that's the reality of the situation. And if you want to use this tragedy for your movie, you should use the whole thing yeah. and not just the parts that are movie worthy. Like if you want to steal from this real story that happened to real, real people, you can't just do the parts that are perfect for your shots. Right. And then mm-hmm. they showed children start to do it. And I was like, okay, well, there we go. Okay. <laughs> like I, I still don't feel good about it. I still don't like this, you know, or whatever. Right. And they, I was frustrated that they leave Christine out. And I think, I mean, they have one guy, Andre, stand up and be like, I don't think we should do this. And they're like, calm down. And that's the end of it. Yeah. And then he agrees. Yeah. And then he agrees to do it. And my frustration is we never got any character development on anyone else Mm -hmm. there so that we don't have enough of a basis in the story to care about somebody who would stand up to them. Right. Like, that's part of the problem is that this movie has started at the end. You know, yeah. we didn't yeah. really get any of the backstory to necessitate an actual denouement to this. Yeah, they, scene. T- they took a slice of the story. and They're like, this would be the scariest horror movie. Yes. Without yeah. any yes. context, mm-hmm. without any context. At this point, I mean, they do start to show that it's not painless, which is good, but they linger on it. Like, it starts to not just be, hey, this isn't painless. It starts to be, look how many people we can show foaming at the mouth. Yeah. Like, how many weird positions can we show this in? Um, And then they show the guards start to shoot people who run away. And I was, again, I was like, thank you for including that because it's accurate. But then the timestamp says 8.25 a.m. Yeah. Which means that from the time that the camera guy left to go to the airfield to the time when everyone is dead is 35 minutes. Yeah, it's insane. Oh. Because the well Which, and the tapes are super long and that happened over the course yeah. of hours and hours. A- and it hours. was a whole day. Yeah. It was a whole day. The tape the main tape that everyone has heard is about 46 minutes yeah. long. And it feels like and 7 days. It feels like 7 days and it's only the literally like the end of one of the tapes cuz they taped Everything. One of the things about Jonestown is every single place you were in was bugged. Everything was recorded 
constantly. And so they have days worth of tapes and they're mostly at this point now archived. So you can listen to lots of different tapes of different things and different speeches. And this is literally 46 minutes out of like an eight hour ordeal of them slowly dying because it doesn't kill you fast. Yeah. That's the thing. So by 825, the cameraman has gotten back to the camera, grabbed it, gone back to the compound, the two kilometers. So first he talks to the helicopter pilot who's shot in the shoulder. Yes. Yes. And he's like, I'm going to go back. I would have been done. Like I would have been like, yeah, fire this thing up. All my friends are dead. We got to get out of here. Yeah. Like, Todd, like, if you were at the compound, I was at the helicopter, I'd be like, Todd's dead. Yeah, same, brother. I'll never see you again. I mean, like, I got to leave. I got to, I mean, that's the only smart thing to do. I hope you enjoyed that threesome Um, because it killed you, Michael. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So at this point, he's running through the six houses. (laughs) And he's going through and seeing dead people in each one. And he stops at one where he sees Savannah and her mom. This made me so mad. Yeah. I hated this Uh, so much. There's two reasons this made me mad. Two reasons. I've got a big reason they made me mad. One, what happens in the film. Yes. (laughs) And two, his hiding place is so unrealistic and stupid. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I I mean, (laughs) as if they wouldn't check under the bed. (laughs) He, He goes into the cabin and Savannah's mom has a knife And it looks like she's going to defend anyone that tries, like, herself against anyone who tries to kill them. Yeah, you think that. That's what you think. And so he's like, hide, hide, hide. You got to hide. So he climbs under a bed. She stays there. And you're like, oh, shit. Is she going to try and fight these people off? And the guys come to the door. And instead of fighting them off, she slits Savannah's throat. Yeah. So that they won't shoot her. And then they shoot her. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's fucked up. And yeah. unnecessary. And my biggest, biggest pet peeve with it is they don't find the guy under the bed. They leave. He comes out. And then the camera lingers on them. Yes. Like he pauses to film this dead woman and her child as if he's like, I need to get this on video. Oh, like, Vice is going to love this. Yeah. First of all, you're running for your life. You are. You just almost got killed. You ain't stopping to film shit. I am not holding a camera. Yeah, there's no documentary yeah. anymore. I didn't go back for the camera. No, Fuck absolutely this. not. No, in my and movie, I'm on that helicopter filming. Like, man, that was. I, my <laughs> friends are dead. My friends yeah. are dead. Everybody, like, we gotta oof. send help. And they, he literally flashes the camera across it and lingers and in my mind I'm like this is just them trying to show off the gore and it's fucked up and it makes me fucking furious it was the best part about watching this film I had a friend over and she uh, oh yeah was it your neighbor it was a different friend (laughs) and and uh she the the father kept quoting her favorite bible verses throughout the film oh I wrote Romans 12 I was like I know this verse I love this verse and then later he uh quotes another one that I was like I know that one too that's what she was like she's like that's one of my favorites that's not what it means yeah I was like "Ah." but that's what cult leaders do though they'll take like actual bible verses and then spin them to their own advantage just like you know certain churches and stuff you know 
Yeah, you, you gotta watch out. I mean, the out. Bible was used to support racism and slavery and like horrible things. If you like look back far enough, you'll see people yeah. justifying horrible shit with biblical verses. So like, That's how well, we like, get it? We live in the world. Come on, let's move on. We, we did like, we did a whole speculation zone on the Antichrist. Oh yeah, and uh, went all the way through like biblical canonization and like where does the even idea of an Antichrist come from? And it comes from like third century priests accusing each other yeah. of being the antichrist like it was wild to be like there's no biblical basis for an antichrist no, no but it was there's like that's crazy but it was like yelling priests calling at each, each other, other like you're a bitch no you're a bitch yes. but instead of saying bitch <laughs> yeah. they were like you're the antichrist i'm the yes. christ lover you're the antichrist but you know yes. when that insult was first thrown that was like a sick burn oh yeah, yeah. like that rap battle that he just dropped his monk mic and walked <laughs> out you're the antichrist i'll be like oh shit oh yeah. snap did you see what he called reginald <laughs> <laughs> so at this point he sees caroline the sister. Yes. yes. And it's like, Caroline, help. And I'm like, why are you letting her know right. you're there? Yeah. It's like, the she's worst. evil. Yeah. She's the worst. She's sleeping with father. Like, you. <laughs> yeah, she has definitely so fallen victim to that, that <laughs> devil penis magic. Yeah. I, I'm like, she's on that devil penis magic and she didn't drink the Kool Aid, which means she was passing it out. She actually <laughs> right. is holding the camera. Like, when they take Patrick, her brother, oh, the yeah. father even says, pick up that camera. We're going to watch I like, this. No, no, I like how he's like, Pick up that camera. This is important. Yeah, that's what it yeah. is. Yeah. And of course, you can nail it because you're from Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, then he has a second worst idea. It was like, well, if she's not going to help me, I'm definitely going to follow her. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm like, why? No. Okay, let's say, let's say hypothetically, you'd leave the helicopter to go back to the compound. Let's say yeah. hypothetically that happens. He sees the bodies from the entrance. Yeah. Yeah. I would have been like, well, everyone is definitely dead now. Back to the helicopter. Oh, Not and going someone in there. takes a shot at him. Like, yes. yes. Yeah. No, yeah. Absolutely, you leave. Yeah. Oh, God. I couldn't believe that he, A, even talks to her, and B, tries to follow her. And she yeah. kind of leads him to the office where- This is the scariest part of the movie to me. Same. Oh, this, we, is, this affected we, me the most, I think. Yeah. We skipped over She Killed Patrick. Oh, no, right. that's what I thought we were about to talk about. Oh, you're right. It you're happens right. before He's, then. It yes. happens before. Before this, she tries to get Patrick to drink. She reveals that the whole reason she called him there was to try and get money from their parents, right. basically. Right. And he won't drink it, so she injects him in the neck and then holds him until he convulses and dies. Oh, it's so sad. It's, it's so, so brutal, man. messed up. And this yeah. is his, it looked pretty real. Yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah. this is Patrick's best acting. Well, and then he begs for his life as he slowly dies. And it's yeah. and like realizing that she's injected him and his horror and like trying to check what. It, oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and the the whole literally until he dies, he's like, we could still leave. We could still leave. And you're just like, nope. Oh, sorry, buddy. Brutal. You can't. So now now he's dead. The photographer or the cameraman is back. He's now following Caroline. And follows her into that same office where Patrick right. is dead. Yeah. And she basically, he's like, hey, come back with us. We can still get out of here. And she's like, everything is dead. These people were my family. I have nothing left. And then she sets herself on fire. Yeah. It was insane. Yeah. When you have other options, you're not going to go out that way. She's a pretty dramatic chick, though. <laughs> well, 
Yeah. Uh, I don't mean to say that in like a derogatory way, but like. Well, then you missed. You swung and missed <laughs> because you nailed a derogatory, man. Uh, Want to try that again, Daddy? I don't think it worked out. Uh, <laughs> she was really hot. Oh, yeah. She she is like on Smoking fire hot. in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> fire. Yeah, she's like barbecue hot. Yeah. And, and she does that thing. I. This is just a weird thing for me where anytime anyone is on fire in a movie and they just immediately like, yeah. she does that where she like pours it and then she's just like, Aah! like a stunt man trying to scare you. <laughs> she should have yelled out, I immediately regret this. Yeah, I know. That's what I was going to say. I was I like, made- it's because they immediately regret lighting that match. I made a huge mistake. <laughs> um, then he he runs away and goes to the other office or yeah. the big house next yeah, to the, the office. Yeah, the big house. Where Sam is alive. Like yeah. we watched him get stabbed. For some reason. For some reason. And Jim Jones, well, not Jim Jones, father. Gene Jones. Been, <laughs> Gene <Yeah>. Jones has <laughs> just been like keeping him in this living room for his Dr. Evil villain speech. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. It 100% is. And this is where he does the like old school James Bond going to tell you the plot of the movie. Yes. And then, so, and he gets this whole almost noble villain speech where he quotes that one yeah. scripture where it's blessed is he who lays down his life for, for his the, friends, for yeah, the yeah. benefit of his friends. Yeah. And it's this, he's doing rails of cocaine <laughs> and you're just like, I'm sorry. Did they, did they think Jim Jones was Scarface? Yeah. Because that's <laughs> what this is. And I'm like, why did they keep Sam alive? I don't know why they didn't just inject him. Like, I don't, it does not make sense. It would have made more sense if like in the middle of it, they record their kidnapping of Sam and he's like, we're going to keep you alive so you could tell our story or something creepy like that. Yeah, because at this point they can't even get money for him. Right. Everyone's dead. Yeah. There's no reason to even get money. Yeah. Yeah. Then Jim Jones, it's it's supposed to be fucking Gene Jones, father. Daddy, Daddy Jones. Uh, Daddy Jones <laughs> takes and puts a gun in his mouth yeah. and blows his own brains out. And I have a few notes frustrated. <laughs> First of all, his head stayed intact. Yeah. Well, sometimes they do. And I. I okay. <laughs> you, well, I mean, you would know. You would know. Okay. Yeah. Depending on the caliber and the angle and stuff, it doesn't, it won't just explode. Sometimes. Sometimes it would just be like a pool of blood. Okay. Thank you for that haunting fact, Mikey. I figured Mikey would know. Actually. Yeah, Mikey would. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I, mean, I brought it up. Do you want to hear another fun story? I don't know if I would call it fun. My dad was in Gulf Shores, Alabama before I was born. And he went for a run before they went out for the beach or whatever. And he found a person on the beach who shot himself in the head on the beach. And it was just, it, he had the gun on his chest and it was just like a little pool of blood behind his head huh because he shot himself through his mouth so there's no wounds on the face and then like a tiny exit wound on the head and then he just bled out so it was like a little pool of blood he said it wasn't as gory as you would think or whatever huh huh so he got away with it (laughs) (laughs) and that man was my real father (laughs) (laughs) oh yes (laughs) <laughs> no, oh. and you you would you would just you would be 
surprised. And it's just such a surreal, unreal. Things like that are just unreal. Yeah. It, it, they don't feel real. So you want it to look like a movie because that's the only context you have. Well, and it's so it traumatizing doesn't. that it, right. it just is yeah. never going to come across as real or you're not going to be able to process mm-hmm. it as real. Yeah. Well, and I hate that they cut back across him so like you see it again after yeah they add all the gore after because he looks way gorier the second shot yes yeah it's messed up yeah and they didn't take the gun he could have took an ak in the pavilion and he didn't do that either yeah yeah, they should both be armed at this point they're just yelling at everyone trying to kill him like hey can can you guys can you help can you help me what really pissed me off is when the cameraman got into that room where father and sam was tied up the gun is not he's not holding the gun the gun's like in in a a drawer yeah it's like in a drawer somewhere not easily i would have immediately attacked yeah you were over there and start punching him in the face until he's dead or with the camera the camera's a weapon yeah absolutely That would have been a cool way to end the movie with the camera being pointed up with like blood splatter coming up and like killing them in a found footage way we watched yeah. a movie like that. I can't remember what it was. Was it uh, VHS? Yeah. That did that? Something like that? This guy directed VHS. Oh, shit, man. Mm-hmm. That's why he couldn't do it. He's like, hey, we could just do a VHS. <laughs> no, not again. <laughs> We're not going to do that again. Now, this is, as frustrating as it is, based in reality. Yeah. Because Jim Jones did not drink Kool-Aid. He was shot in the head uh, it is believed that he had one of his assistants do it for him. Yeah, I was about to say, I thought the, they, ah. had, they had sort of proven that he didn't do it just because the angle of it. Yeah, and, and to be honest, when they introduced the character of Caroline, I thought that's who she was going to be, is that she was going to oh. be the one. Yeah. Yeah, but no, he had someone else shoot him. So he's like lying, he's like laying down calmly on a pillow with a gunshot wound to the temple. Yeah. Now, they go back to the pavilion to try and get out to get back to the helicopter, and they're hiding under dead bodies. Yeah, because the gunmen are, like, going through and shooting people. Yes, and that is real. Yeah. That's how some people escaped is by hiding under dead bodies. And it's gross the way they do it in the movie where they have, like, the foam and stuff, but to be honest, that is probably what would have happened. And then the guard shoots himself but then there's still that well, no the one... guard doesn't shoot himself another oh, the guard, other guard shoots yeah him. the other guard shoots, shoots the one who's walking around shooting the ones who are not quite dead yet i guess and then right. he's like get the fuck out of here yeah and he's like get the fuck out of here i'm gonna burn this place to the ground and then the time card says 907 a.m <laughs> it all happens very quickly Paige. so in an hour and 10 minutes, or, or I guess an hour and 20 minutes, yeah, we went from having 167 alive people to 167 dead people and a helicopter. Yeah. Like, that's nuts. Um, <laughs> they, they get in the helicopter and they survive. Yes. Uh, and then we have that little title card that says 167 people died in the massacre, which versus Jonestown's 918 people. Yeah. And in the title card, it says they're the only two survivors. But that one guy definitely survived. Yeah. So it says they're the only two survivors. In Jonestown, 918 people died, but I would say conservatively conservatively 20 to 30 people lived. Yeah. Between the people that were out of the country. Like the basketball team. And Mm -hmm. like the basketball team and the people who were able to run into the jungle and the people who escaped on one of the planes. Like people did survive. Not a lot. He murdered 918 people. But like, you know, it's it, it is not... 
I hate that they kind of painted these vice reporters as superheroes in yeah. the story. Yeah. Like when they are the worst. Yes. Yeah. It was re- like I got nothing against Vice, but that was just such a strange choice. But but if Vice like low budget produced this indie film, that's what would happen. Like th- yes. I, I sort of get why that's the way the movie ends, but it is. Oh, and yeah. you can tell yeah. like the t- the top brass advisor like this is definitely how we would respond to like a cult. We'd definitely go back to try to save the little girl. <laughs> yeah, and then we well, would definitely survive, right? Yeah. Which brings me to the original ending. Yeah, yeah, I'm dying movie. to hear yeah, about yeah, this. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So the original ending of the movie. Uh, in the original ending, the helicopter pilot does not get shot. He pretends. And then once the helicopter gets to altitude, the pilot said, we must follow father's orders, and then crashes the helicopter, killing everyone on board. What? And, oh, yes, oh, my and, God. And to that- be honest, the second they got on the helicopter, I was waiting for that to happen, and it didn't happen. Holy that would have been awesome. shit. That yes. would have been next level insane. Now the reason that that was the original end that, that that was the original ending is because Jim Jones had planned that. One of Jim Jones's what? mistresses took flying lessons and got her pilot's li- pilot's license so that they could fill a plane with People's Temple members and crash it in the name of the cult. Good lord. Oh my god. Yes, so that was like a real thing he planned. So I feel like this New York Times review perfectly encapsulates how I felt about this movie, where it says, Mr. West is more invested in showing how his characters die than how they lived. Jonestown is a ghastly, complex world historical event, and it's the truest kind of horror story. He sets the scene reasonably well, ratcheting up a sense of unease with old-fashioned shadows and some nighttime scrambling, but he gets lost once he shifts from fooling around in the dark to recreating mass deaths. It's especially disappointing that he shows no interest in the real people who died at Jonestown, much less charismatic totalitarianism and terror. So basically they're like, the real story is horrifying enough. Yeah. Why did you do this? Yeah. Why did you do this and not do it justice? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the, the movie. movie. Perfect. Full credit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Paige, do you have some fun facts for us? I do. So some fun facts. Gene Jones playing father, a.k.a. Bobo Jim Jones. <laughs> oh, Bobo. <laughs> Gene Jones nailed his interview scene. So that big interview scene where they're in the pavilion Uh in a single 17 minute take. What? What? Yes. Holy shit. Yes. That's so impressive. Yes. Now I'm like, that guy was amazing. Like he wasn't playing Jim Jones, but he was great. Yeah. (laughs) And he's not like a a huge actor. He's done some stuff you would recognize him from, but he's not a huge actor. Oh, but he's definitely the, I don't want to say the best part of the film, but like he's the best actor up there, man, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Next fun fact. This film was financed without a finished script. What? (laughs) Paige, I hate to break it to you. This movie was filmed without without a final final script. Yeah. I read that and I was like, and filmed without one. (laughs) Yeah, Um, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. 
Uh, so I I really the more I found out about it, the more I was like, oh, they just wanted to make a Jonestown movie and pitched it as like Jonestown the movie, and Eli Roth was like, take my money, and then yeah, <laughs> that's what happened. Uh, and Eli Eli Roth was like, did you get the life the life rights? And they were like, no. And he's <laughs> they like, were like, oh, fuck it. The, don't worry about <laughs> it. I'm the bear Jew. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> so 30 minutes of background information was cut out of the movie. Oh, wow. no. So this movie is 90 minutes long. 30 minutes of it is people dying horribly. And there was another 30 minutes of background information. Why cut that? I mean, it's not like the movie's long as it is. It's barely yeah. an hour 30. It's barely an hour 30. I don't know if the background info was about the cult or the people. It, it was a 30-minute doc about what Vice is. <laughs> They're like, we, we used to have Jesus and Marrow, and then we let them go. Vice. Like this. <laughs> this movie structurally, like the like the, the film structure and the, t the way the tension mounts is like a traditional horror movie. So they took this horrific true life event and like mixed in all these horror cliches, yeah. like yeah. shooting wise, directing wise, script wise, even and acting wise. God. And like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you basically made a horror cliche out of Jonestown. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which is upsetting. I will mm -hmm. say, I feel like this movie watches like a film student's first script where it really it only has like until we get to the end when we're kind of watching different characters doing different things it's got one arc that's it yeah beginning to end there's no nuance to the characters our main characters have less than 20 lines each like they barely is that true oh that's crazy they barely speak in this movie. patrick has like four lines yeah it's nuts and i'm i'm sure in the 30 minutes they cut out there's a lot more but it's literally they go here, they go here, they go here, they go here without necessarily any causality because there's no character development to necessitate a reason behind their choices. Yeah. And so it, it is literally paint by numbers Jonestown. Mm -hmm. It made under 10 grand in theaters. Oh, I was about to do box office too. Yeah. <laughs> do you still want to? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I will. So I I couldn't find the budget anywhere, but I can't, it yeah. cannot have been that much. But no. it did make $9,221. In theaters, uh, it yes. did make quite a bit more in domestic DVD and Blu-ray sales, and it eventually ended up making close to $300,000 total. I feel like it is rare that I hear about a movie that has made about the same as my podcast. <laughs> wow. <laughs> or, or less. Like, like, he... They spent a lot more. Oh so, yeah! Like, yeah. I feel like. Well, and they got two ninety nine from me last night. So yeah, me too. <laughs> I watched uh, it when it came out. Really, oh, Mikey? So you paid like seventeen dollars or whatever for no, it? No, I, I mean I don't want. It was like a similar like five dollar when it came out on streaming or whatever. Yeah. I thought I didn't think it was gonna be Jonestown. I thought it was gonna be horror cult movie. Yeah. Yeah, the trailer does paint it a little bit differently. Yeah. yeah. So I thought it was just going to be creepy cult movie where people yeah. maybe a mass suicide, maybe not not like not the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is why I loved The Endless so much. Because I would bet dollars to donuts that The Endless cost either less or about the same and they Definitely. do so much more. Oh with yeah. It. 
So much more. Yes. Where the endless is essentially filmed at a campground. Like they just yeah. rented a campground for a week and filmed shit with GoPros and, and drones and, you know, really simple cameras. And it's just because the writing is so good. And it's mm -hmm. like you understand characters and there's motivations and there's true story development and you really care and they do really unusual inventive things that I hadn't seen in other movies before and I feel like when that kind of movie exists this one shouldn't yeah if that makes sense yeah you know because I would not recommend people watch this movie like I, I no, what I would never. recommend is either do your own research on Jodestown or wait a few months or a year or whenever you guys do it on the cult podcast and listen to those 25 episodes on it or whatever you guys <laughs> do you know because there's a lot yeah. to it and it's it's going to be much better than this movie. I did not pick this movie because I thought it was great. I, I picked it because <laughs> I thought I thought it would lead to a lot of good discussion. Yeah, yeah I, th I think you nailed it. it. I think you nailed it, Mikey. I I would say if you really want to know about Jonestown and if you want to dig into Jonestown, you don't want to wait for us to do episodes. I totally get it. Definitely check out last podcast series on Jonestown. Yeah, it is did, really I good. Believe. They did I think six episodes. Yeah. It was like the same number as their Mormon episodes, which yes. I also really enjoy because <laughs> I grew up Mormon. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but their Jonestown episodes are fantastic. They did amazing amounts of research. And, they're, and the last two, I would say, are hard to listen to yeah. and worth it. If you feel like you have the stomach to listen to the tape, um, I, you can. Uh, it's online. I'm not going to fault anyone for not being able to. It's very difficult to listen to. Yeah. But I do think in a way, I I really feel like the people who were there, their voices deserve to be heard mm -hmm. and that we need to be open about the things that happened there so that they don't happen again. Yeah. But understandably, tough listen, but not this movie. There, yeah. there, you there can are better skip this options. Movie. Yeah. yeah, I thought this was pretty scary too, even though I knew what was going to happen. Um, I would go more sad than scary. Yeah, I yeah. was more Personally. upset by it than I was scared Intense. by it. I guess maybe that's I, it. Made me feel things, which I don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is saying a lot from Mikey. Ask anyone he's dated; it's very oh difficult God. to make him feel things. I feel like feeling things isn't the hard part; it's sticking around after. That, um, is, that is true. That is very true. God. I, I would say that this movie tries to do what Midsummer does more successfully. Yes. Yeah. Um, or the Wicker Man. If you want to get real, oh, that's that's cool the big that's it, a big one. Wicker mm -hmm. Man, yes. But I, I think it tries to do daytime horror, which is very difficult. Mm-hmm. And I think some of the few movies that have successfully done it are Midsummer and the Wicker Man. And it it tries to play on dread but it's not subtle enough you know yeah, it's yeah, not yes. long enough it's not subtle enough like there's a reason that well you don't wicker care man and, yeah you don't care but you know there's a reason why wicker man and midsummer are like three hours long mm -hmm. and it's because it takes time to establish those stories and establish those people so that you actually care about yeah. what happens to them this just feels like a roller coaster with a theme as Jonestown, like Splash Mountain, Jonestown. Yes, yeah, like it's kind of like a Disneyland where you get on the Snow White ride, where it's just like happy with the dwarves, wolf, like a witch, witch in the forest. She's dead. Now she's alive, and that's like it. And you're like, I don't, 
this had four rooms. How did we do this? <laughs> I, yeah, I, I agree. I, I feel like it is bad. It's it's a really bad movie written by someone who knows a lot about Jonestown. Yeah, by a Jonestown nerd. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Ty West, who wrote and directed, must be a Jonestown nerd. But yeah, then just make a Jonestown movie. Like, make an actual yeah. one. Well, Ty West, I mean, especially with VHS 1 and this film, subtlety is maybe not his forte in movie direction i mean like what if kubrick had done a jonestown movie oh my god he'd still be filming it (laughs) (laughs) yes or or like hand hand a jonestown movie to ari aster and let's see what happens i mean he's already done midsummer like he's done a cult movie well yeah so sorry sorry it was a downer yeah (laughs) i think think it was a good episode though like we it was funny we had some laughs and then we got to talk some serious shit about jonestown yeah, we, we found out someone called you Jesus Christ and that someone has called Mikey Daddy. And uh, um, yeah, yeah. Well, I think now I'm just going to exclusively call Mikey Daddy for the shit of it. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. It's idea. growing on me. <laughs> <laughs> we will be back to our normal episodes this coming week um, with something fun. We're we're coming off a big long depressing one we're gonna be doing a couple fun ones nice as a a bit of a palate cleanser and mondo and andrea will be back um but thanks for tuning in for this one yeah thank you so much yeah if they want to for real thanks for having us on and yeah it was great guys watching this movie i knew you guys would hate it but (laughs) (laughs) i mean because i i'm not a huge fan of it i just thought it would be really interesting to discuss yeah yeah for sure. And and I think it is interesting to note how close they got to a real tragedy and still bungled it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where can they find you guys online? Tell us about your show. I know we have a lot of crossover fans, but... We, we, well, we do because I've been on your show before and you guys have been on our show. So, But mm-hmm. if you don't know, we're from The Horror mm-hmm. Virgin, which is pretty much a comedy podcast about horror movies. I don't like scary movies. Mikey loves them. Our other awesome co-host, Jen, loves them. So they sort of make me watch horror movies every week. And then we sort of sort of do what we just did to this one. We make fun of it. We talk about how scared I was by certain parts. All of that we stuff. We get deep sometimes. We we, we just we like oh, we yeah, in-depth analysis some, but like we keep it silly. Yeah, it's fun. We have a good time. It's a lot like the cult podcast. There's like a lot of laughs and then there's some serious talk and you know, obviously the heavier movies like The Shining or or Ten Cloverfield Lane, yeah, Ten Cloverfield which was Lane, a fantastic episode. Yeah, it's, it's heavy, but it is worth it. It's a great episode. Yeah, so like there are some episodes that are like House Two and get a lot of laughs, and then there's some episodes like Ten Cloverfield Lane that don't have a lot of laughs, but are like really good, like heartfelt episodes. I really like what we did with The Shining, but I liked Crawl because Paige was on it, and I thought that episode was hilarious. <laughs> Crawl is just a fucking amazing movie. Yeah, that's. that's my uh, my dad, I think, follows Todd on Instagram after you were on our show. And <laughs> I don't blame him. I, I, I called him after I did Crawl, and I was like, so do you want to watch Crawl now? And he was like, yeah, kind of. And I was like, I wow. guess my job here is done. Nice. I'm feeling a lot of pressure because like, this is like a first impression for your audience, for me. Yeah. And now if your dad doesn't follow me on Instagram after this, <laughs> like, I'm never going to get over it because I'll be like... Paige's dad likes Todd better than me. And Mikey, I'm never going to not talk about that. (laughs) I I know. People I used to date have blocked me and still follow Todd. (laughs) That's so true. That's 100% true. And I'll send, I'll like send Mikey like what they're doing. (laughs) Well, my dad does 
occasionally listen to your show, so like he knows who oh, you guys no. are. <laughs> Oh now I'll God. never be able to buy squirrels at 2 in the morning. <laughs> so let me just say this to Mikey's dad. If you want to follow the show, our show, we're at Horror Virgin. But if you want to follow Mikey, he's at mrandolph24. And you already follow me, so you know that I'm at Todd J. Awesome. Oh, my God. <laughs> Paige's dad, I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> Daddy. <laughs> Ruining oh it. <laughs> oh my god I love everything about what's happening right now But Paige seriously Thank you so much for having us on Yeah, This, this, this has is been awesome so fun. Yeah. Thank you this was this was a blast And as you guys know you can find us At Cult Podcast on Instagram Or at Cult Podcast Show on Twitter If you want to send us an email You can send us send that to us At cultpodcastshow at gmail.com And if you have a terrible horror movie that you want us to watch and you have it on DVD or VHS or Betamax <laughs> or whatever, you can send that to 3756 West Avenue 40, Suite K, number 237. Like The Shining. Los Angeles, California, 90065. So I think for this one, I'm going to say don't drink the Kool-Aid. Don't drink the Flavor-Aid, technically, but yeah. Flavor-Aid, yeah. technically, uh, especially for this one. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Don't drink the flavor aid. Don't drink the Kool Aid. And bye. bye. Oh, thank you. It was feeling weird when it was just me. Yeah. <laughs> bye. bye.